0: Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Petiti Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org That's www.paititi-institute.org In this episode, Roman Hannes and Elton Liabella discuss creating discernment in one's life to approach and truly honor the heritage of the ancient wisdom lineages.
1: Hello, friends. This is Roman and Elton from the Paititi Institute. Hello. And we are happy to connect with everyone today. This is interesting time in the world. And we are talking today about the intercultural bridges and how they can be done in a meaningful way so that it can bring actual sustainable benefit in the world and how to really look out for all kinds of problems that can occur when the cultures are bridged together and how to actually prevent cultural clashes and instead see how there can be a creative friction and a meaningful complementary approach to the unification of wisdom from the world in a meaningful way that is actually relevant and related to our lives and to the resolution of very practical issues that are happening in the world today. So we are happy to connect with everyone on this topic. The main thing is for us to continue making that intention to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. So Elton, if you want to share a few words.
2: Yeah. It's a, you know, this topic for me, it's very interesting, like, cause I see today that many people are maybe finding interesting things in a subject or within these cultures, but I also see that there is maybe lack of training or enough time spent to understand these traditions. And I think it's good to bring awareness and I would like to maybe share also my experience within these cultures and traditions. It's just my um, think. Yeah. Awareness is needed today. So people do not get confused. There, I think there is enough problems and you know, it's good not to keep adding to them mm-hmm. and confusing people.
1: Well, yeah, there is a lot of confusion in the world as it is. And it's up to each one of us to actually be discerning Mm -hmm. and cultivate that approach to verify what we are engaging with, see what it's about and see how meaningful it can be. So actually today is 9-11 and 20 years ago, exactly on this date, I visited the Amazon for the first time and today was the day where I just came out of two weeks survival trip through the Amazon rainforest with good friend of mine ever since from a Bora tribe and after coming out of two weeks, survival trip in the rainforest. And I had my first indigenous ceremonies at that time. And then I heard about 9 11, what happened. And my family was in New York at that time. And it was a big tragedy at the same time. It was also a certain rite of passage for people in New York where, in a way, it unified the community. And, of course, at the cost of many people's lives and a lot of trauma that has occurred. And yet people were a lot more unified after that event and helping each other and coming together and relating to each other in a much deeper way because of that tragedy that has occurred, that intense experience that people lived through together. And because of that, people were able to actually relate to each other across cultures and traditions. So in New York, many cultures, many different people from different life paths that are coming together there. And in the past, there have been some problems as a result of that and yet through this event people were relating to each other as human beings across cultures and then i've experienced when visiting my family after that event i've experienced a very deep connection to what people have gone through in a very unsupportive environment and yet it was still meaningful to them And then how in the Amazon rainforest, for example, people go through those intense experiences in a more supportive environment. And then people from many different walks of life, from many different directions of life or perspectives are able to relate to each other as human beings. In this very basic level of human life, how we can each go through similar processes of life, such as losing loved ones or experiencing sickness and illness, facing death. And then through that, we can actually get through the cultural differences or things that may separate us because of our life circumstances and see the humanity in each other through that. And so on this path, coming into the traditions from the south america from the amazon rainforest from the andes and also having the connection with the tibetan wisdom lineage before coming to the rainforest 20 years ago what was really essential to me is that human connection is not to relate to the people from other cultures as some kind of exotic that I'm doing or to see people put them on a pedestal and think that just because someone comes from the Amazon or from Tibet, that they are enlightened and holy. But to relate as human beings, we all have our struggles, we all have our challenges. And so beyond our profession, beyond our uh, cultural identity, how are we, each of us, is engaging with life experiences, with the adversity, the struggle, the difficulties. How do we engage with that as a human being without any other identities that are added on top of that? And without hiding behind any of that different ideologies, different belief systems. So how are we able to relate to life? in this very vulnerable, open way. And the wisdom traditions that I have been engaging with in my life for the last two decades, they have been meaningful to me because of pointing to that. How to really get to the essence of being and then discover those natural, essential human qualities that no culture, no tradition, have a copyright on it relates to essential human qualities. It relates to the quality of the mother that is actually gestating the human life. It relates to the generosity, the patience, the dedication, the unconditional support and love, that it's up to each one of us to awaken in our own being instead of expecting the whole world to cater that for us. And so within the cultural context, the way that my teachers brought me to that, and I've recently completed a book that I've been writing for the last 12 years, and it relates to this process where my teachers taught me to relate to the greater picture to see that the culture itself is like this ceramic vessel, for example, where the essence is poured into. And so it's important not to confuse the ceramic vessel and the nectar within it. Because then if all the attention goes to the ceramic vessel, Then it becomes an exponent in a museum with all kinds of different exotic rituals and all kinds of fancy things, but no real practical meaning in our everyday life. How do we really translate that into our own experience and everyday life circumstances? And then, of course, it's essential to honor the vessel in order to connect to the essence, but not to get stuck with the appearance. And one of our uh, Tibetan teachers, Rinpoche, he shares how essential it is to actually connect with the culture. And so also for people who are engaged in sharing different traditions, different spiritual paths, then to share it not in a way where, okay, I have a specific lingo and I have all kinds of different fancy terms. And unless you speak those terms, I'm not going to talk to you or I'm not going to relate to you. But the real language is the language of life, is the language of being. It's everyday moment. We can say all kinds of mantras or we can sing all kinds of special songs, but then to say a kind word to someone in everyday life can be just as powerful or even more than some kind of a fancy mantra or a special sacred prayer or a song because it has to do with being it has to do with our essential humanity and how we can actually engage with that in the world and apply it in a way that is supportive and uplifting for the world around us and consequently to ourselves
2: yeah you're hitting many points yeah, Because like to start, when I came into these traditions, you know, I had no no clue. Basically, I felt the call to come to the Amazon and I was looking on the internet. You know, I went to retreats and I was not guided. So all I had was my mind. When I came to Paititi, I think one of the first lessons that came through the plant medicines. And it's like, you know, I was expecting that, you know, it has to be maybe a Peruvian looking is, you know, a certain way. It's like I went by appearances and one of the lessons that I received is not to go by appearance, but to see what that person is sharing. Yeah, I find that really meaningful because uh, basically I come from a place where it's like, yeah, I have the money, I pay something and I want service. What I'm learning here because you know, I did go around, but I couldn't find, you know, these teachings in this clear way available and that it's not about, you know, getting something, but it's about also getting to know oneself and really take the time to understand. And yeah, I came with the idea of uh, like achieving something, but I think learning how to live. Like you were saying, it's like, yeah, saying a kind word when mm. in in the very difficult moments where my body is closing down, where I don't maybe, you know, want to open my heart to someone and I just want to run away because I don't know how to deal with those emotions. I think that's the magic <laughs>
1: mm.
2: to, it's like, I see that that is the essence to, re- to really learn how you know, to support each other in the very most, you know, intense situations. And I think the 9-11 people could, I think an, an event like that would spark, you know, the heart. It's like, maybe it's like, yeah, you don't think about culture, but you know, I can relate if I see someone in maybe in pain, those feelings, I know them in myself. And it's like, how, how to see that in everyone, beyond, you know, color, race, and mm-hmm. place or the vessel.
1: Yeah, that's very essential because the culture and the wisdom tradition, they are not the same thing. Like I was sharing with the ceramic vessel and with the essence between it and they are interrelated, but the natural potential of human beings that the wisdom contains. Right, that nectar contains within the vessel is something that can engage the culture and is engaging the culture, but is not possessed by the culture, is not owned by the culture. Yeah, it has to weave itself through whatever circumstances, lifestyle, situations, particular predicaments in people's lives within this world, culture, or within another. And yet the noble heart in the face of adversity is the cornerstone of human civilization as we know it and that goes beyond the culture and of course each culture finds its own creative way to engage with that and it's essential to recognize that so when i came initially to these traditions the first essential guidance that i received is to really understand the culture not to just take it on face value, but to see what is it really about, where, how that culture has evolved over time, or what, what happened over time, where there were certain events or cataclysms that have brought certain wounding to a culture, or have created a certain fragmentation from the way that it originated from. And then to see that through that, then I can also relate to the fragmentation of my own life, to all kinds of different dynamics. And then to see how that essence can be relevant into my life. And then of course, also in my own process, I came to these traditions. I wasn't really a tourist looking for exotic experiences. And I came specifically with the intention to get to the root of my suffering and see what causes it, and then to transform that. And so that kind of intention also was the essential key for me to open the relatedness and connection with the different elders from different traditions that I've had. And so it was this essential key to recognize that yeah i'm not interested in the sensational things and the spiritual spa just mixing things together and making a mush out of that just some kind of circus roller coaster experience but to see how can i make it practical in a continuous way in my life and so then i was encouraged to actually take the time and really see because the indigenous people whether within the amazon tradition or the andes or people in tibet they grow within that context they live from childhood in a way that is continuously connecting them to the cultural context and the wisdom through it so the storytelling is a medicine in the indigenous traditions because it helps to connect to the deeper meaning, to the deeper context of one's life. It's not just one ceremony and then I'm just going to be totally transformed. But there has to be a conscious effort in that regard. And then I can see, okay, what is my intention? My intention is not to find some kind of worldly benefit. I'm not interested in uh, making money off of this. I'm not interested to have some kind of ambition in that except to really connect to the essence of my own life and really awaken that spark of passion, of ingenuity, of openness and see how I can actually relate to that on the level of being. And so in our caro elders lineage, our friends from the Cairo nation, our elder, he says that Before he started sharing his tradition with the world, it took him 20 years to just be a student, to not have any other ambition or any other interest and to actually just take that time and ground in that essence. And of course, today in the world, with everything that is happening, it's hard because people are just don't have that kind of patience and they have a certain fascination maybe initially a certain interest in another culture another tradition and then after a very short relatively period of time even though in today's world even one month can seem to people like okay that's it i've done this one month's retreat and now i'm gonna proclaim myself as a world renowned teacher or a master or whatever. And then uh, the essence gets lost because then it starts to be based on all kinds of different marketing and all kinds of different agendas that are not really connected to the essence. And so in my own life, also, I was sharing 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I had to give it a long time. I was, continuously guided towards that. And so then initially I took the three years of apprenticeship, the traditional Amazonian apprenticeship. And then that was just the beginning of my path. It was essential for me not to make that into anything else but this path of realization, the path of awakening of the innate potential. And then I took uh, quite a few years after that to continue to integrate and learn and practice and connect with a small group of friends where I could continuously engage and work in that safe, trusted environment between friends before taking it beyond that into the world. And that's not something that is done so much today. And Of course, that is a recipe for disaster because that intention, that pure intention in these traditions is at the core of what they are. And it's essential to ground in that pure intention so that it's not getting lost in the interactions with the world. And so, yeah, after my own three years of apprenticeship the advice I got from my teacher was okay now don't try to make a living out of that go back to your life that you had before coming into the rainforest and make sure that you complete everything that you've run away from before that so it's not becoming some kind of a band-aid or a coping mechanism I don't want to deal with everyday life and I'm gonna be this magical sorcerer being in Never Neverland. But it has to be related to everyday life. So then I had to go back to corporate world that I resented before coming to the rainforest and run away from. And then uh, find a way to actually apply those lessons into an environment that I ran away from before. That was the quest that I was sent on. Or oh, you want some kind of hero's journey. Okay, go back to your everyday mundane life and then uh, learn how to make that into a ceremony, how to see the rite of passage in everyday world situations before the essence of the tradition can be shared through the ceremonies and other ways. And then, of course, also engaging with these traditions and then seeing how there has to be that relatedness. It's not someone else's truth that I am trying to take into my own life, but I have to connect with my own truth and then recognize that truth on a deeper level within real people that have engaged with their path in life and honored a particular wisdom tradition in a very practical way. And so then to see that, yeah, I have to have at least that basic seed of my own truth so that I can keep nurturing and sprouting it and not go into this like some kind of a blind worshiping or being even treated like that, which sometimes today there is that kind of dynamic, especially when different teachers come from the indigenous cultures into the modern world. And then, yeah, there is often that kind of dynamic where people are just start... Starstruck, like deer in the light of the car. And then, yeah, not honoring one's own process, one's own life. And then, okay, I'm hearing different fairy tales, but what does it actually mean in my own life, in my own experience? How can I relate to that? And then it's essential in my own process, it's been essential to engage the different elders and teachers in that way where there can be intercultural bridges where the communication is happening. It's a two way communication. We can all learn something from each other. Some things they may relate to this very profound inner life. And some things may relate to how to engage with it in everyday world. And In the modern world, we maybe are challenged more by this navigation of our inner life experience and the indigenous people also have their challenges, how to really bring this into such a foreign environment that is the modern world today. And of course, also between the different elders from different cultures. That's also something that I've seen that is becoming very popular in today's world where, okay, let's have a meeting of the elders from different cultures. And at the same time, there is no time to relate to each other, to understand the intricacies of each other's cultures. And each one is then sharing in their own particular context, in their own way about their culture and for each one this is something that they feel is very, very strongly, that they believe in, and then there is no connection. And it just becomes, okay, let's get this exotic kind of event up where all kinds of people dressed up in all kinds of clothes, but on the level of essence, there is no real connection. There is no relatedness on the level of being. It's just, okay, I'm going to play this job of representing a certain tradition, a certain ritual. But then what about this human connection? The relatedness that the essence of each culture is directed to. And had these conversations with different indigenous elders where... Sometimes they would have this perspective where, oh, these foreigners are coming here and they're just interested in performance. They want us to sing and dance and do this special ceremony and a ritual, but they're not interested in human relation. The name of all the tribes in the rainforest, if you translate it from their particular languages, is a human being. It comes down to that, how to be a human being. My teachers from this living wisdom traditions taught me that just having a human body doesn't make us into a human being. And the spiritual path, the mystery initiation school of life in these traditions is about discovering and cultivating those essential human qualities that can awaken our highest potential in humble service to the greater good. And so then, of course, when there are those kind of situations, how can we really drop all of our different masks and titles and all of those things and engage in this heart connection? It's another thing very popular in today's world when... There's all kinds of different events like that and retreats. Yeah, of course, people have to live in today's world and there has to be reciprocity of energy. But then once the process starts, okay, we can agree that yeah there is a certain contribution. But then once the process stops, there should be no thinking about anything else but this real connection and the openness that we can encourage in each other. And today there is this kind of like, I mentioned the spa kind of experience where, okay, let's come together. And then there's all kinds of added services on top of that, in the midst of the experience that should be unconditional. Oh yeah. And if you do this therapy, then you can pay a little bit extra. And if you do this, and then it becomes like a marketing scheme in the midst of transformational life-changing retreat or a gathering and then it's mixing all kinds of different things where again the pure intention gets lost and so again the way that i have been guided on this path is to connect with that first and foremost and especially when going into spiritual transformation process in a intentional way with people and whether it's a retreat or a workshop or an event like this then to give myself fully without anything else being there kind of that is uh, preventing me from connecting to that essential spark of being human
2: yes speaking about recipe for disaster <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can, you know, I would like to share my experience because one thing that I start to discover that I'm lucky is to have, you know, to have found you that had a connection with, uh, you know, what I what I see is someone authentic, you know, that's uh, like you, your teachers, the, the way you share, it's about being human because uh, one thing that I saw like uh, before coming to Paititi, Yeah, I had this intention. It's like I wanted to see the purpose in my life. Like, what is the purpose after, you know, coming out from the kitchen and not being satisfied, I asked that question. So it's like I see that that is a a good seed in in the right direction. But then, actually, I didn't find much guidance out out there. And it was about maybe drinking the plant medicine and spirits. And I felt, you know, it it feels good it's like wow you know all of a sudden i start to feel awakened and you know there's like intelligence and creativity but then when i went back to europe some could connect and some could not connect and i see that that was a lack of guidance because what i'm learning here you see yeah okay i you know i'm into the plant medicines but it's not about that you know it's like how can i see the person how can i relate through my life experience and drop and not even maybe have to mention anything about plant medicines it's like, yeah, I, 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 I see I see you as a human being I have those you know, problems in my life and I'm dealing with that you know, maybe discomfort or challenges or confusion or attachment, disturbances <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah, learning about what you know, the path is really about another thing that, you know, it struck me and only recently as the cultural context, because I came here to South America only interested, yeah, in a part like, you know, in the plant medicine, but it never occurred to me to even look in the history of the place and why, like how did this, you know, culture emerged? Where is it coming from? You know, what was the purpose of the culture? And just doing a ritual, no, it wasn't leading me so far. And because I was successful in my life as a chef, I could say, you know, it's like thinking something and achieving. So I had that pure intention coming to the Amazon and then I saw my mind. It's like this business mind because it's like, yeah, I want to make a living infusing, you know, or clouding the intention. It's like, oh. Yeah, I want to be famous. yeah, I wanted to be famous and make money. You know, it's like thinking, okay, how to, you know, it's like something good is happening in my life and that is the good wish to really bring it to people. Like I know that. But also there was the other minds like how to turn this into business and also seeing that with the indigenous people that I think also themselves I believe that they forgot their history and culture or not many that I met, you know, were mentioning the cultural context with me. And it's like, yeah, how can we make, basically how can we make a business? And then coming here, and you know, the first thing that was shared with me from you here is like, yeah, drop. It's not about becoming anything. Learn how to be a human being. Like, you know, just go through everyday life. It's like drop, all that. And staying here for a long time, Now, for me, the path transformed because it's not about making money. But I accepted that, yeah, I have confusion. I am suffering. (laughs) You know, and it's like, yeah, how to deal with this and how to also support others. That was
1: very meaningful. Mm. Yeah, what you mentioned throughout my connection with the ancestral traditions and with the indigenous people, that's the challenge of they have been taken out of their original environment and way of life and are no longer able to sustain themselves from the natural connection with the world so they used to have vast span of territory that they could rotate their crops for example and today the government gave them relatively small amount of land where they can no longer do that and then how can they survive where they have been conditioned by society they've been brought out of the unconditional way of life and then okay they're looking and trying to somehow adapt themselves into this new world and then they're saying well what do the people from the world are wanting from us people want exotic show and performance and then it's supply and demand they're trying to they're struggling to bring that essence and that's what's been shared with me on more than one occasion by some of my indigenous friends where their tradition has all along been how to allow the human spirit to shine in the face of adversity and then in today's world it's not really Something that is valued by society, our society is all about instant gratifications and entertainment industry and ways to avoid and put band-aids and magical pills that block the pain and then their wisdom tradition no has no place in the modern world, and the only way that they can continue to share it is kind of as a show for people who are coming to look for something exotic and so of course the responsibility is also up to people from the modern world people that have a connection with the modern world and also the being drawn to the ancestral wisdom traditions but then also to see that there is more to it And then we can be mutually supportive of each other. If I go to an indigenous elders and I make an effort to relate to them as a human being and not some kind of a role that they are playing or I am playing, then they are also encouraged to share the essence in a more meaningful way. And that's what's been very essential and useful in my own life. And then another thing that you shared is Yeah, of course, like I also said, there has to be reciprocity and within the indigenous cultures also. Even when they had no money, people who would come to be healed or for the ceremony would bring whatever was valuable for them in their life. And essentially, it's that connection and the honoring of the deepest purpose of life. And then that allows the healer to be sustained also. Yeah, it's essential. It's not the first priority for doing this work. It's not to become rich, but it's essential to be sustained in that way. And then another perspective that uh, from our Tibetan lineage is that, uh, yeah, all the material goods and resources, they are like the rice shell. Yeah, the rice shell is essential for the seed for the rice to mature, but we don't wanna throw away the rice and just stay with the material world. So we don't wanna live just for the material kind of gain in this world, but we can use whatever resources we have to continue supporting and encouraging the awakening of our unconditional nature, which, It's a hard thing to bring across because many people don't even understand what that means or how it's relevant to everyone's life. What is that unconditional nature or the hard wisdom? But it's basically when you go through tough experience in life, not to throw in the towel, not to go mad and get disturbed and do all kinds of things that you may regret afterwards. Is What we shared before is... In the moment of intensity, drama, some kind of a big storm to actually maintain kindness and relatedness and openness, objectivity. And to have some kind of difficult experience, a pain, whether physical or emotional. Also to see that there is enough love available to be present with it not to shut down in the face of discomfort or difficulty. And many people don't believe that that's even possible, that that we have what it takes to go through some of the storms of life, to engage with the problems, with the difficulties, the challenges, to go through all of those difficult experiences. And so to just believe that we have what it takes Even though we cannot do it necessarily all the time at this moment, is already a huge step. And so then, on that level, we can begin relating with each other. No one has a copyright on essential human qualities, on this unconditional capacity to face all the circumstances of our lives, not to be bound by conditions, but to allow our heart to shine to rise above all of the limitations in our lives, in spite of the limitations, to discover how to bring the unconditional nature into the conditioned existence. And that can only be done when I'm not hiding behind any masks, identities, behind any spiritual or political movements, and I'm just on my own, pacing the world. And then I can discover those qualities that make me human being and make me relate to other human beings in a vulnerable, open way, the power of within the weakness, how to find the greatest power within the greatest weakness. And that's something that is essential for intercultural bridges to be developed and not just do it as a show or some kind of an event, But to actually take that time and uh, to really see what it's about and to ground in that, at least on the basic level, that's also something that's been very important for me. Like First and foremost, do no harm. The road to hell is built with good intentions. And so how can I actually take that time and see I have good intentions, but I have to see clearly how to apply them meaningfully. The union of wisdom and compassion, the love and consciousness. If I don't see it clearly, even if I have all the good intentions in the world, I will just contribute to more suffering. It's like, yeah, I want to make people happy. So definitely, like, what does that mean? Like, so if a terrorist is happy when they blow people up, like I, I, you know, is that what what it means? Then the road to hell is paved with that. So the happiness is the happiness that is not based on the conditions of our life, the stories, the relative happiness where I am happy at the account of others, but the sustainable happiness that is not interrupted That is not just based on some kind of disturbance or uh, hatred that comes out from unresolved trauma or fear. Because that kind of happiness is followed by a lot of suffering. And then what brings real happiness that is lasting, that is continuous, and not just based on someone else's story, but how can I apply that? to my own life, to face my own darkness, to do that shadow work in order to unlock the potential of the heart. The tree is strong because the tree is not against anyone. That's the wisdom of the ancestors. So, after you share, maybe Uh we'll engage with some of the questions. This is a large topic, so we're definitely just skimming the uh tip of it and our hour is coming to uh, completion soon, but I'm happy that there is engagement and we can continue to bring more depth into it. So mm-hmm. if you want to share a little bit more.
2: Yeah. What comes up is cause you said, that, you know, it's even to, to believe that it's possible to stay with the challenges for me, like the, the first step. Or step even before that is to acknowledge Mm -hmm. (laughs) that there is a a challenge because when i came you know to you and i remember our conversation next to the tree at at our center at larapata and yeah basically you told me to see where i have unresolved issues and i was sure that i don't have like I, i felt that you know i did enough <laughs> so no it's like that's actually when that thought in, in itself is like not not acknowledging you know the the festering issues that I think it's a you know being honest mm. with, with oneself and rather than trying to follow someone and yeah the inspiration was there but I think that is the most essential to be honest mm. with oneself
1: very much so Again, this not being honest with oneself or this elaborate self-deception. It's coming from not believing that I have what it takes to face the issues. And often it happens at a small age when witnessing the dysfunctional world around us and then, okay, I don't have what it takes. So I'm going to pretend like everyone else are pretending. It's like fake book likes in society, make sure you like it guys. Yeah, so this uh, society of fake book likes, I'm going to pretend. Everyone are pretending and it seems like everyone are doing great. I'm going to pretend as well. Maybe if I can convince everyone else, I'm not going to have any issues. And then, of course, this becomes an elaborate self-deception. And that's also something that I've seen in this kind of expectation of the world. Okay, there is this spiritual teacher and I'm going to see them as perfect in every way and then the spiritual teachers they sometimes feel an obligation to do that often in today's world where we're from the amazon or from tibet or from the andes okay this audience this western audience is expecting me to put up a perfect performance i'm gonna come and i'm play i'm gonna play some kind someone perfect And that's, again, a recipe for disaster, because there is no real connection. What helped me immensely on my path is uh, that I could see that, yeah, there is this teacher, and I can relate to them as a human being who is imperfect, who has their own struggles and difficulties, who have their own afflictions, and yet they have more experience than me dealing with that. And I have my own share, and I can be honest to myself. And because of that, I can relate. But if it's someone perfect on the pedestal, there is no relatedness. I cannot connect with them as a human being and I cannot really learn. And there is this like, oh yeah, I'm I'm never gonna be that. And this is something perfect. And there is this big abyss between us. So it's essential to actually relate on that level. And also to cultivate compassion for the teachers, of course. (laughs) They're also included in that. And that's very essential as well. And of course, you know, if I'm coming for some kind of external pampering, yeah, then it's good to be clear about that intention. Yeah, I'm I'm going for that. But if I'm going to face myself and to evolve and uh, to get real with myself, And to engage with the tradition or the lineage, not as some kind of a spiritual fashion show or consumerist shopping. Then it's also good to be clear about that. And then to really make sure that there is a connection. That I can relate. That it's not just a sensational marketing or propaganda. And there is a deeper meaning than that. And the teachers also, they're not just putting up Hollywood smiles and just kind of pretending like everything is great and having jolly laughs, but they're actually listening and they're willing to connect and be receptive to where people are coming from and who they are and then connect with people on their level and not just to like, okay, I'm going to speak in these fancy words and I'm going to talk about all kinds of exotic things. And, yeah, then it's just entertainment for the monkey mind. So it's good to really be watch out for that because it's up to each one of us to make a difference whether we are sharing these traditions or whether we are learning from them. We can all make a difference in that way. Another question is, I'm wondering because my work is unconventional. I went far from home not to escape my challenges, but instead to face... The biggest work I had to do, I feel paralyzed from my attachments to my old modern life. But my work here is possible and I get to live my full life. I'm wondering about these shamans who attempted to live in modern life I felt drained from relying on it. Do you ever find extra challenges returning to your source? All the time. And I find that these challenges are what makes me accountable. And what allows me to continuously get real with myself and become more honest about my life and where I'm at, and see to it that I don't really perpetuate my own confusion. And so for me, it's also been very essential to not just, yeah, of course, I have all kinds of different uh, insights and perspectives, and I can cultivate different levels of realization for myself, but in terms of what I can share, I have to share only something that I've been grounded in, that I've been rooted in already. So uh, what I've learned is that, yeah, if I can share the most basic level of my own insight and understanding what I find useful and beneficial through my own experience, then that is going to be much more beneficial, infinitely more beneficial, than if I share all kinds of different theories or hypotheses, or if I just parrot what my teachers are saying without really embodying that. And I've seen that many times when two people speak the same exact thing, but one of them is just repeating, and another is speaking from experience, An embodiment of that the the difference is monumental when someone who is embodying what they're speaking of is sharing that then there is a much deeper relatedness and connection that takes place and it's important not to just parrot but say it from one's own experience and in one's own words it's very essential and then in that way, I can speak the same meaning in so many different ways that relate to different people and their environment and circumstance and cultural context. But if I'm just parroting, I don't really understand what it's about, and I can only say it in this one particular kind of way that I have memorized because I don't even see what it's about myself on a deeper level. And then If I do see it, then it's not the words. It's the actual embodied experience that can be translated into words. And there are so many different ways that it can happen in. And then in that way, it becomes truly beneficial. And so it takes time to develop that and to engage with that. And what I've found in my life is where there is a will, there is a way. But it's essential to really make the priorities straight because If I'm doing what I'm doing just to pay the bills and to make ends meet, and I'm worrying about that part more than the inner spark and my evolution and realization, then I'm getting lost in external circumstances. I'm getting lost in the conditions of my life. And then it becomes a hamster wheel, even the spiritual path can become part of self-deception. And then it's just this vicious cycle of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So ingenuity has to be based on unconditional, on spaciousness of openness, on being rather than doing. And another one that is coming up is uh, knowing that we all have negative imprints from all past actions thoughts and words if not dealt with will continue to express themselves in more and more severe ways how can we begin to end the cycles of this imprints in daily life so this is a good one yeah i find again i can speak from my own experience only And I found that, for me, it had to get severe enough for me to start doing something about it. Otherwise, I was just too lazy and too good at covering it up. But then when I could no longer cover it up, when I could no longer sweep my problems under the carpet and pretend like everything is fine, and I had to hit that uh, rock bottom, in a way, as a solid foundation to begin evolving. But I had to acknowledge to myself first that I could no longer run away from myself and my issues. And then, of course, it continues to deepen. And it's not something that just happens once and I make a decision and then suddenly everything changes. No, it, it's continuous. I have to keep bringing myself to that. Keep bringing myself to my challenges to the difficulties in my life and seeing subtle ways of how I keep avoiding certain things and how that's not working and so it's really based on that clarity then I can take it to heart and then to really begin to see what it's about. So then of course yeah until it becomes really obvious right It has to come up into the forefront of my attention and i have no way to look away in the living wisdom traditions it's called the wisdom of no escape where i have no choice there is this capricious personality that is groomed by modern society where it stop the world i want to get off at any moment if i don't like something i can do something else but tradition traditions okay be with what bothers you Really sit with it. Not just kind of, you know, torture oneself and be a sadomasochist, but bring love into that. Learn how to cultivate. That's the true love where it's not just something that is available when everything is nice and the sun is shining and the butterflies are flying around. But it's something that I can rely on in the most difficult experiences. And trust that in experiential way little by little to trust that there is that capacity of the heart to remain open in the midst of difficulties. This is meaningful and beneficial and it's the happiness that is not coming from pleasure but it's coming from the glimpse that we can all face the challenges no matter how great they seem in our own personal lives and in the world today, we can all, we all have what it takes to not get lost in the dark night of the soul to remember the real essence of who we are the, the, the qualities that make us into human being that are at the base of human civilization and all cultures on earth is how we can overcome the difficulties by opening our hearts, by relating, by coming together, the unity of diversity is so essential. Thank you everyone so much for engaging and uh, we look forward to continue connecting with us. You can check out the different offerings that we have coming up and we are grateful for all of you that are continuing to find our work meaningful and applicable to your life. And so uh, let's keep doing that together. We'll uh, keep awakening the human spirit to shine in the face of everything that is occurring in our lives and uh, support each other in that way. Much love, many blessings to everyone. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us. If you have found value in what we have shared, we welcome donations in order to continue this service. To make a donation or to ask a question, visit our website at www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.